Yo, 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 what's good? This is Craig Shapiro from the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast, and you are listening to the Brothers on Tennis. This is your boy Isaac. And this is your boy Bryce. And of course, we are Brothers on Tennis, and we are coming at you today just wanting to have a little chat-chat about the world of tennis, because there's a lot that's happening and a lot that's about to happen, y'all. They trying to get yes, ready, Bryce. They trying to get ready, man. How you? How, they, what, what, what's what's going on, man? What what you got? I'm excited because now we're starting to see all the big names play, right? Yes, they're, they're coming out because they know tournaments are on the schedule. Mm-hmm. They have to start getting ready. Yeah. We are probably we what a couple of weeks out now of official tournaments starting in the beginning of um, of August. So that's right. That's right. Um, it's going to be what's going to make these tournaments so much more interesting than they've been in the past for a regular year is we don't know who's playing, we don't know who's traveling, right. we don't know what condition uh, people are in. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of unknowns which could affect the results. So when you just see this player versus that player, and you say, "Oh, well, this player typically beats this player." That might not be the case. Yeah, definitely. Because it will depend on how active they've been, how on top of their fitness they've been. And in truth, in my mind, it's going to it's going to it's going to fall a lot on their mental state. Because a right. lot of this is about about mental, and if you don't have those reps in, and if you're not, you know, if you need those reps in order to really understand how to, you know, to, to make the right decisions in critical moments, then it's gonna be tied on you. I don't care how talented you are. I think someone like, <laughs> right. yeah, like Sophia Kenyon, I feel like she's gonna be just fine because mentally she's right. just rough. She's a she's a beast when it comes to the mental attitude of things. She's like, I want to win. I ain't trying to play with you. Get on out the right. way, help us, right? Whereas, <laughs> you know, you get somebody that's a little, you know, a little shaky, um, and right. I won't throw any names up there, but I got a couple of mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, when they get them pressure points, it's like they just, they're not going to know what to do. And they're and unfortunately, I think that it, you're going to see that in these tournaments that are going to come up. I feel like we're going to see a lot of upsets happening at right. like the U.S. Open, because I, I just think mm-hmm. that people are not going to be ready mentally to to, 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 to to to. How about your viewpoint, brother? I, I totally agree with everything you said. I mean, that's that's exactly the state of the game today, and mm-hmm. it's to be expected. I mean, people haven't been playing, and right. it's, it's funny because I don't know why in my mind I just naturally thought most professional tennis players have a tennis court in their backyard. I, just, I just yeah, I agree. You with just you thought there. that like how because like how most musicians and singers have some sort of a home studio right. or, or whatever, right? Right. I just figured most tennis players have some sort sort of a court and 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 they're at their house or whatever. And to right. find out that really the majority of them don't. Yeah. So yeah. unless they had a private club they could go to or or something else, they were like you and me. They weren't playing. They weren't playing, just stuck trying to exercise. And even that was the surprising piece because they didn't even, some of them didn't even have uh, any any type of exercise equipment, like, you know, weights right. and things. So I was like, right. I was, wow. I, I don't know. I guess for me, a professional athlete of a certain sport, you would just think uh-huh. that they would have those things. And so I'm very much like you, bro. I was surprised 
at the number of people right. that don't have tennis courts and didn't have like a gym set up. Hell, set it up in your garage or something. Well, some of them didn't <laughs> right. even have garages apparently. So, I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess why have a big shebang at your house if you're on the road probably 40 weeks out of the year, right? And that, that's a big, that's a big statement right there. Yeah, because if you out on the road, it's like why you why are you paying for all of that and you ain't right. using it. Yeah, that's right. that's fair. That's a good point. There. But, you know, talking about how, you know, things that we're expecting to see when tennis starts back, and, and this can kind of take us into our conversation on World Team Tennis, and hopefully yes. people are out there watching uh, World Team Tennis. We've got some nice big names out there, but one of the things that I have noticed about World Team Tennis is that the Women's Tennis Association, their tour, they're going to have a problem when they start back playing. And that problem's name is Kim Kleister. <laughs> I'm serious. Kim Kleister is going to be a problem for the majority of the women on the WTA tour. I, I do don't even, think, bro. I I don't even have words to say. I. <laughs> I mean, Kim Kleister is like, first of all, y'all Americans ain't nobody scared of you. Ain't nobody scared of none of y'all. So I'm going to handle up on your little Grand Slam champion. I'm gonna handle <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what. There was a reason why Venus Williams did not play when the Washington played New York. Because <laughs> Venus is like, I don't want none of that right now. I, I don't want not, none of that Kim Kleiser. I don't want none of that Kim Kleiser right now. So she was sitting on the bench with her little umbrella. And... <laughs> And a little pink hair. <laughs> right, with the pink bows. And she was Team like, I do, I do not want any of that Kim Kleister's because Kim was like, look, I am trying to let y'all know that I am back and I am for real. And and Bryce, I'm going to tell you what. And, I, I, and this is, see, this is, I, I'm just going to be very honest with you and I'm very, very nervous about this point. I do... I do not want Kim Kleisters to face Serena Williams because I I think I think I think Kim might smack Serena up. She might be kind of like this. Right. I'm the mama. I'm the one that done won some things as the mama. You right. still got some stuff you need to work through. I do not want Kim seeing Serena, dude. No. Dude, no. Serena. Kim Kleisters look good, dog. Tell me, Bryce. Bryce, what is your what's your view on Kim Kleisters right now, based on what you've seen? Here's the, here's the thing that is very scary about Kim Kleisters right now. She clearly is not 100% in shape. Right. I mean, she right. definitely looks like somebody's mama out there, right? But, <laughs> right, right. But, he, so if she's not completely in shape, and she is beating these girls down like this, like this. She could, if you're not keeping track, right now in World Team Tennis in singles, she is 5-0. and up. She is beaten. Sophia Kennan, who just won the Australian Open. She's beaten Sloane Stevens, which kind of, I guess, most people do nowadays. US, US Open, though. US but, Open but she won the US Open and, and, French Open and French Open finalist. That's right. right? Uh, Danielle Collins, who doesn't give anything away. Right? right. And then there were two other busters she should have beat that she did beat. That she did. But, right. But ain't nobody else 5 0. <laughs> nobody else. In the singles. <laughs> You know, no in world team tennis. No and I think I think Kim was so ready to come back, and then Corona happened, and I think she has just been sitting on the edge of her seat to get back out there. Correct. And um, you know, yeah, I pray for Serena that Kim ain't playing in that top seed open in 
Like, well, but you know what though, bro? I hope she is because then that way she could square up on her. She could find out what her game is, and if uh -huh. she do get smacked up on, I feel like that'll light a fire under Serena. So if they do meet in the U.S. Open, she'll be ready. Mm -hmm. I would much right. rather Kim smack her up in like in that Kentucky tournament than at the U.S. Open. <laughs> Serena needs to bring it at the U.S. Open. She need not be playing. She right, needs to right. yeah, She needs to go for the throat at, at 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 U.S. Open. But yeah, I hope Kim actually is in that one because they need to meet up and they need to fight. And if Kim happens to win that battle, hey, good good on you, Kim. I'm about to say we about to. I was gonna call her Aussie Kim again, but hell, she might be America Kim after yeah, she, she beat up all these damn Americans. Kim. Yeah, U.S. Right. Kim because she just she's stealing on the U.S. Bro, she's like, hey, buddy, scared of you. <laughs> and I tell you what. If you don't know what we're talking about, Serena has signed on to play the Top Seed Open, which will yes. be played in Lexington, Kentucky. It's a new tournament, but it's kind of the tournament that was typically played for the women in D.C. They've right. just changed locations. Uh, and Serena will be the Top Seed because for this level of tournament or whatever, I guess they can only have one player from the Top Ten right. in the tournament. So that's Serena. So everybody else would be... Uh, you know, below the top 10. Well, we know Kim Kleister's ain't in the top 10, so she very well may be there, but... And she in the but, States. And she is in the States. But, you know, even with Serena, it's going to be good to see her. We've, we've seen videos of Serena. We've seen her in pictures. She seems to look she like looked, she's physically in shape. She, looked she good. looks good. We want to see her hitting the ball. Um, so I'm glad we're going to have an opportunity to see her play in this I don't know. What do you think? Does this mean that she's not going to play Cincinnati in New York? Or right. do you think she – because that might be a lot for her to play that and then just go into the next week of the U.S. Open. Correct. And I think you're right, bro. I th well, I think it will, de it will depend on her results. So if she gets okay. to Lexington and gets stolen on early, I think she'll probably try and play Cincinnati just to keep getting those reps. But right. if she if she goes far, which I would I would imagine she should expect from herself again, given that it's a lower tier, she's the top seed, so on and so forth. She should be able to go in there, wipe up on some folk, get her reps, right. start feeling good. And if that's the case, yeah, she definitely should not play the Cincinnati Open, which is now in New York this year. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah. but 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 let's not get away from World Team Tennis. Let, let's stay. Um, yeah. Exactly. Right. It, it, it's been really good. We've had coverage on both ESPN. Today it was on um, CBS. Yes. Um, I got a chance to see uh, Venus play today, and and I must say, I mean, Venus looks okay. I mean, you know, she ain't ready to be winning anybody's tournament yet, but, you know, for somebody just coming off playing off of coronavirus, she looks pretty good. The strokes look, the, the strokes look good. Her serve, she has a modified service motion than we're we're normally used to seeing so uh but it didn't look like it impacted her she she was putting some bombs in mm -hmm. she um uh she wasn't double faulting i think i saw maybe one double fault today um mm -hmm. she still i mean she still is playing uh you know a little bit too much like me you know a few too many unforced errors <laughs> but but you know like i was saying to you earlier isaac we don't really want her to peek at World Team Tennis. We want her to no. peak at the U.S. Open. So That's let's go exactly ahead right. and get these reps in. Let's get these games in. And uh, and hopefully maybe she can be a factor. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's it. You, you, you said it absolutely spot on, bro. These are, this is the time where Venus needs to be kind of getting out there, practicing and shoring up some of her strokes. Again, that serve, try and get her movement and her fitness right. I think you were kind of saying there was a little bit, she got a little gas kind of, you know, yeah. in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the, and so, you know, that just means that she just got a little bit more fitness work that she needs to do. But at the same time, you know, she, she, she can, she needs to use this time and, and just get herself ready to really show out and ball out at the U.S. Open right. because that's where you want those results to really come into play. Right. This, you know, this is, this is all good, you know, yeah, right. it's all good. Yeah. And it was funny because I was thinking, oh, Venus is going to be in such good shape because she's been having these videos every day where <laughs> she's rolling around on the mat and stretching <laughs> with celebrities and all that kind of stuff. But I forgot, that's a whole different type of conditioning than running after a ball that's been hit at you 70 miles an hour. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's a whole you know? different type. Yeah, it's a whole different energy level than short bursts, you know, quick bursts that you have. Right, um, right. Much different than yoga. So while she looks good, I think that there are still elements of her fitness that she's going to have to work on in order to be able to, you know, get her tennis fitness right. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and before we get off of World Team Tennis, I do want to give a shout out to American Tommy Paul. I saw that, <laughs> I saw that he beat Sam Query uh, today Jesus. in World Team Tennis. <laughs> and I swear, I swear I haven't seen Tommy Paul win anything in a year. Yeah. So... Dude, he has not won anything. <laughs> I don't understand what is going on. Tommy Paul is not that bad, but he, but remember what I said, Bryce. It's the mental. He's got right. a great game. He's very fit. He's very quick. I, I, uh-huh. I feel like I've underestimated how quick Tommy Paul is. But right. it's that mental man, because he's had several times where he has been able to really lock down a match, and that mental right. just ain't right, bro. Ain't right, right. right. It's, it's not so. there yet. It's not there yet. I can see Tommy Paul being one of these type of players that has a a later maturation of his game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He's gonna. I think he's gonna need a couple of two to three years to really kind of season on the right. tour. He's not gonna right. be one of these young bucks that's coming in there and knocking off the big three or anything like that. They no, they will no. scale on him consistently, um, but. <laughs> You know, but it's just yeah. good. It's good to have some good young Americans in and and cute, right? And so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and we've got that. We've got a good number of young folk up in there. So hopefully they can, you know, they can represent and hold it down while the others kind of get their maturity right. So right. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Tommy, Tommy, he make me laugh every time I say, I'm like, oh, how he gonna lose this time? <laughs> <laughs> I know. He 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 literally finds ways to lose, except for today. Because he told Sam Query to come here. I got something for you today. <laughs> That's so good. I'm glad he finally got right. that off his back. Good Lord. Maybe that'll help him. Yeah. Oh, but, but, you and, know, and I'm also, tell- oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, also, shout out to Philly, man. Philly's actually playing some, you know, once again, I mean, they always kind of show out in, in uh, World Team Tennis. But it seems wow. like they, them in New York are, are kind of rising rising to the top of the crop right there, man. Yeah. You know, like well, you, we, 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 yeah, go ahead. No, I was like, you know we got love for Philly. So, you know, that's exactly. good to see that. Good to see that. <laughs> and, and, and shame on our local squad, Orange County Breakers. You know that that that's Tommy Paul should be on that team. <laughs> now, now, 
clown. I shouldn't clown because they've won actually the last two. I mean, they've yeah, been yeah, getting they, stole, stole on up to now, but maybe right. there's a little bit of a turnaround happening, you know? Yeah, fingers crossed because, yeah, you're right. They've been getting smacked up on. They, you know, that's, yeah, that ain't cool. <laughs> Represent. Now, Come on, breakers. Right, right. Now, I'm going to tell you what, this whole period that we've had with exhibitions and world team tennis, I think it's given us an opportunity to see some changes in the game that could help speed the game along, make it more attractive for people who are not your traditional tennis followers, uh, could also provide some additional excitement to the game. And I just made note of three things that I think could be implemented really easy on both the men's and women's tour. It wouldn't be very disruptive, but it would help move the game along and make it more exciting for fans. And those three things are, I think they should absolutely start playing less. I mean, that that adds a whole new dimension uh, to the game. Uh, I love that having to have that reaction, that athleticism, that craftiness of what do you do when the ball hits the top of the net but still lands in on the serve. So I would like to see them implement that. I would love to see them implement no-ad scoring. I mean, you play a full game. We don't need to go through the back and forth with deuces. <laughs> Look, one point, returner picks the side, and go for it, right? I think no-ad scoring would be easily easy to implement. And plus, most of the players, if you've played juniors or, all, you know, or, or, you know, amateur tennis like that. You've played no-ad scoring, so it's not like something like, oh, what's that? How do we play that? And they're playing it now. The third thing I would like to see them do, and and actually Dominic Team brought this up, which I found was interesting, probably because he's tired. But (laughs) he is talking about replacing the final set of a match with a super tiebreaker. So Mm -hmm. if it's a best three out of five set match, the fifth set would be a super tiebreak. If it's the best two out of three set match, the third set would be a tiebreak. It wouldn't come into play if somebody has a straight set win, so it doesn't change that at all. But if it gets to a final set, I like having that super tiebreak. That really shortens a match. It really makes it very exciting. And you've already seen them play long enough if they've made it to a final set, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, the, and the last thing I'm going to say because I really did, have never agreed with this. I hate the fact that all four of the Grand Slams currently have different ways that they end the final set. What other sport at all their majors have different rule changes for I know. each one? I mean, it's already different enough that they're each on different surfaces, but now we have to have a different way that we do the score at the end. So I really like the idea of replacing the final set with a super tiebreaker. Isaac, you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man. You know, in, in thinking about it, I'm, 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 you know, I've got, I, I, de- I agree, and I have maybe a couple little extra kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I feel like, first of all, the let thing is to me obvious. I don't feel like there are that many lets that it would really, you know, change the game or change the outcome. I think it would speed things up. In fact, because anytime you know there's a let, it's kind of like they always feel like they need to argue like I didn't hear that that should have been an ace and then they argue with the chair empire so I feel like from a time standpoint that would also help so I think the let the let thing is most definitely something that I, I agree with you uh, should be implemented 
Um, the no ad, I'm, 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 I'm with you a little bit torn, but I'm with you. I feel like there's a lot of drama that kind of happens time, you know, at times when you're going to deuce and ad and deuce and ad. And I think about Roger Federer and all the opportunities he had to break, you know, do break and, and he don't convert. <coughs> Excuse me. So it, it kind of makes me, I, I, I like I like it in a sense. I, what I guess I would say is I would probably want to at least try it out maybe as a split. So like do the no ad at maybe the lower tournaments, but still keep the regular deuce ad, deuce ad, and maybe your your master series and your, and your grand slams. Because I just feel like those are so important that you just, you want that drama that goes with someone trying to break that serve and trying to get that edge. Um, and I just feel like it's so quick with the no ad, but so, so yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is I'm a little indifferent there, but I, I definitely support it and I'm definitely in support of the super tiebreaker as, as well as the consistency across the majors. I think that that's something that, um, like you said, it, there needs to be a consistency across all the, the major tournaments. And like I said, having a super tiebreaker to me would be a nice way to just kind of, you know, close out a very rough match, even in a five setter. It'd be to me a, right. a really nice way to dedicate that fifth set to, you know, boom, let's let's do a 10 pointer or, or whatever. If they want to choose something different, they can. But I, I like that idea, bro. I really do. Right. And and one other quick thing, and I know we didn't we didn't kind of mention this, but I wanted to throw this out there as well as something that I I like and I know that there's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, because I've heard commentators say, I don't know that I like it. But for me, I actually like the Hawkeye line calling. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I like the fact that, it, you know, they have the little pre-recorded voices. It called it out. You ain't got all this drama with the lines people and all this. Oh, it was out and they, you know, looking at the lines person staring and giving them, you know, side eye. Ah, uh, do you need to be focused on playing? And and to me, it gives them less excuse to to be all crazy about something and focusing in on just playing good tennis and competing. And I, for you, I like that system. And I'm actually hoping that it's something that they can integrate in more. I know it may cost some folks their jobs because I believe the lines people, their their job, I think those are jobs. I don't think those are like volunteer Probably, positions. Yeah. Uh -huh. So so there is something with that. But I don't know. I just, I personally like like the, the system itself. What are your thoughts on that, B? Well, they were actually talking about that today on the World Team Tennis. and they okay. Because, you know, they're using that there. Right. And they were saying that there had been basically no complaints from the players. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's working well. Uh, I like the idea. It may be more of a cost for tournaments now yeah. to get yeah. that implemented. But I believe they said, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe they said at the U.S. Open, they were going to use that for the outer courts because right. they were only going to have lines people on, I think, Louis Armstrong and Ash Stage. Ash. Right, right. So, uh, so yeah, I agree with you. Take, I mean, love people, but we know with people comes human error, right? Exactly. So take people out of the, the equation uh, and, uh, you know, let's roll with Hawkeye. Exactly. I, I just feel like that's the right way to go. I mean, you give and me a Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I was going to say, and it's still, they, you would still have the opportunity for the chair umpire to overrule if something just went haywire with, right with the system know. or something exactly right. exactly yeah i i just at something i just i just hope that it's something that they continue to pursue right right i agree yeah. i like that so 
I think the only issue we have, though, is we know that the the tennis world is traditionally very slow to change. Correct. Um, and even some of these changes we've just talked about, they've been talked about for years. Right. Right. I mean, this isn't like something that's new that came up during coronavirus, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I don't know what it's going to take uh, to, to make these changes, but um, if there was ever a time to start implementing new things, I, I definitely think it's now. You know? That's right. That's right. 2020 to me is the year of change. It's the year of everything. I mean, this right. year will be remembered for so much. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, if you're going to do something, now is the time. Because I feel like everyone's sort of in that mindset of change because of everything that's been going on. So it's uh-huh. the right time to, all, to, to me, bring anything to the table. Because to me, nothing is a bad idea at this stage. Right, right. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, well, let's yeah. continue talking about some of these exhibitions that are going on. And one of the oh, things yeah. I want I want to hear you talk about, Isaac, is what is Tommy Haas doing out here looking like a top 40 player still? Listen, okay. Because <laughs> first of all, because who, who did he play first in that grass tournament? Was it, uh, was it center? I think it was center. Yeah, I Maybe. think he played center. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and I was For sitting there like... No, no, no. He played Struff in this hardcore one. I, did, I don't think he played. He played him in both. He, he played him on both. both. Yeah, oh, he did. He, okay. Yeah, because he yeah he ended up beating him. Well, he beat him on the hardcore, right? Did he beat? I don't think he beat him on grass. He didn't beat him on grass. No, 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 no. He beat him on the hardcore. Yo, no, he he because because I remember that's right because Haas played center because I remember yeah. I was like this almost could be your grandchild. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what's your old ass doing out there trying to play some tennis? And I was like skeptical because I'm sitting here like you got, you know, all these pros. You got RBA and you got team and you got center right. and you got these young folk. And I was like, here come Tommy Haas. I'm like, Tommy, what you doing? I tell you what, Bryce, I have completely flipped my mindset and changed my mind. Tommy Haas is looking right. good. Tommy Haas yeah. is like, first of all, look at me. Look at my right. shape. I am a right. tennis player. I look good. And he was just like, I mean, Tommy looks like he is, he looked like he's 30. He literally looks like he's an early, the 30 year old out there mm-hmm. swinging away. And strokes look good, man. They look real they good. They look yeah. real good. And like you were saying, he got up on Stroop, made Stroop break his rocket. He was just like, I cannot <laughs> believe this old ass man is out here spanking me up like this. Countryman. Right. He took right. Struve and just shook him around and said, look, you need to move out the way. And I tell you what, he even played Dominic Team very, very he closely. Did. He, he played did. him well. Remember, because I think they got to a tie break first set. And then I think he mm-hmm. kind of started getting tired. And he started kind of losing, you know, losing the, 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 the fitness there. But, dude, right. Tommy Haas, 42, y'all, 42 right. years old. And he out there doing, I mean, competing, looking like, like you said, very, very much so a top 40 player, if not higher, dude. Bruh, I, tell me I, your I, thoughts, man. I, all I'm going to say is Tommy Paul don't want to play Tommy Paul. <laughs> he, he would be like, I will show you who the right Tommy is. Let me, let me, I will let you know. Right? Come on, well, dog. you know, when I first saw Tommy was in the tournament, I was like, okay, it's, it's in Germany. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, and I was like, they probably somebody probably dropped dropped out at the last minute, and Tommy was like, "I'm and here." Tommy was like, "I'll I come can, in. I can I'll play. stand in." Yeah, man, 
Now, the commentators talk about this. They said Tommy probably doesn't have the desire to be on the tour again. He's tournament director Ben Deacon Wells. He's got the right. family thing going on. Um, but if he wanted to, mm-hmm. he absolutely he could. could. He could. And, and and Bryce, yeah, I was sitting here looking at my... RBA ended up beating Struve on grass on that first round. Okay. Yeah, because right. RBA, yeah, he got them... Because, in fact, I actually thought Struve was going to get up on RBA. And RBA mm-hmm. was like... He was like, you forgot who I am. Which is interesting <laughs> because I don't think of RBA as, like, a great grass court player. But he did make it deep at Wimbledon, was it last year or the year before? Exactly. What well, Bryce, yeah. it's those flat ground strokes. He's got them flat strokes, and that, to me, is the best game style when you are playing on grass because you want that mm-hmm. ball to slide, and that's why right. Roberto Batista Agut, I'm sorry, folks, I say RBA, but hopefully y'all know, but if you don't right. know, RBA, Roberto Batista Agut, now you know. Great, great Spanish player. One of the most, right. you know, uh, non-traditional Spanish players in the sense that he's not like your Rafa and your Verdasco and all the ones that have all that mm-hmm. heavy top spin. He plays very flat and his ball just moves through the court very, very nicely. And to me, wow. his grass court game is just, it's, it's, it looked good, man. It looked, mm-hmm. RBA is just looking good right now to me though, bro. He's, I, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It was good to see him looking good again because after he had that great season, he kind of had a bit of a dip, you know. And uh, so maybe Corona gave him some time (laughs) to kind of get his game back and start looking good. But, but, you know, continuing to speak about, you know, those players. Yeah. Dominique Team, I think they said he has already played like 30 matches (laughs) during the Corona exhibition period. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I mean this guy. <laughs> Dominique team loves to play tennis. I mean, simply, I mean, and we've seen that throughout even his early career, where he was playing like you know eighty plus matches in a season and stuff. I mean, he just plays a lot, and I guess he like Rafa. You know, Rafa's always like, I got to play a lot in order to get my reps, in order to feel good. And I guess that's how team is. So I tell you what, team, you definitely are getting your reps. So you you should have no excuses going into the U.S. Open. I, like I said, Bryce, this to me is his tournament to lose. Unless, of course, we were talking about someone makes full of the party, which kind of right, makes, me, right. makes me mad. Well, and, and let's not keep our listeners in suspense. So, you know, <laughs> something that we found out this week is that uh, the U.S. Open is going to be making their final decision on whether or not they're going to hold the tournament on July the 31st, right? Yeah. So as of right now, everything is still on and everything is still a go and all the warm-up tournaments are still a go. Now, they've shown footage recently of Rafael Nadal practicing on clay court which is making people feel like he's not looking to go to America, come to the U.S. for the hardcore swing. He's preparing for those uh, Master Series warm-ups on clay and and to play in the, the Nadal uh, Open. Exactly. But, but they said Djokovic was recently seen practicing on hardcore, which annoys me because I've been getting excited for the U.S. Open to potentially happen without the big three. But because of the buster that we know Djokovic is, he's going to think, no Roger, no Rafa, let me sneak up in here and steal this title. And for that very reason, I will be voting on every Djokovic (laughs) opponent there is if he decides to play. 
I mean, you can't hate on him for playing. That's his choice if he wants to play or not. Right. I just right. was very excited about the the idea of having a major without the big three there. I am what about one, you? I am one hundred percent with you on that one, bro. I mean, I I'm just. I was just tasting that that U.S. Open without the big three because again, right. it's it to me then allows for there to be so much, so many more stories, so much right. more broader broader focus, if you will, because they're going to have to then start focusing in on the uh, the outer crowd, if you will, or mm-hmm. crowd. But if Djokovic mm-hmm. is in there, you know what's going to happen. All of the media focus is going to be on Djokovic. Can he win number eighteen? He'll be one behind Rafa and two behind Federer, and that's going to be the storyline. And and for me, I'm just I don't want that storyline for the U.S. Open. I want a storyline of there ain't no big three. Who gonna right. step up and snatch right. this Grand Slam title? That to me is the more just juicy, you know. Mm-hmm theme that I want to have going into this year's 2020 U.S. Open. So I am hoping, I, I mean, I, I hate to be mean like this, but I, I just I just want Djokovic to stay home. Just focus on, on the Rafa Open, i.e. the French Open, and, <laughs> and, just, and just stay home. Just stay home, bro. Right. Stay home. Right. But I, but I know he not. I know he not. He going to come. He going to spoil it. And it's just going to be all about Novak, and I'm just going to be mad about that. Well, one of the people that I am personally very excited about the U.S. Open, and I would think would be a major contender to win the title. And actually, one of the people that could potentially put it on Djokovic is Berrettini. And Berrettini Ooh. just won the Ultimate Tennis Showdown, uh, you know, Patrick Maradoglu's tournament, and he beat CeCe Paz in the finals. Yes, yes, he did. That was an awesome match, bro. I was, first uh-huh. of all, let me just give a shout out to Patrick Maratoglu and the UTS crew. Mm-hmm. Y'all did a good ass job. I am not yep. mad at y'all for that tournament. And I'm gonna tell you what that that trophy ceremony that was that was straight up pimp. I'm Bryce. I don't know if you. Got, I didn't see it. it. I didn't oh, see it. Listen, bro. They had they had the lights and all the like the Hollywood light thing going on. They had this music that had the deep bass kick, and I was like, "What?" And then they had him kind of, you know, just kind of walking up to the to the trophy, like you know, like like he's a you know a god or something, just walking up to the right. trophy. And the trophy is this lightning bolt that they uh-huh. create. It's this big. He gets up to the trophy, grabs a lightning bolt, raises it in the hair, the fireworks go off. I was like, "Y'all better do that trophy ceremony." It was in. Incredible. I, they just they styled out on that event, Bryce. It was excellent. excellent. I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you, the next star of professional tennis is not Sofia Kennan. It is not Berrettini. <laughs> it is Patrick Maradona. Y'all better y'all better go ahead and get ready. He is the next star of professional tennis. He is like, look, y'all. I I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm about to be the Nick Voluntary of the twenty of the twenty twenty. I mean, yep. he is he is setting him uh, himself up. He's got, like I said, he got Coco Golf, he got Cece Paz. He can already say he's gotten Serena, you know, to higher mm-hmm. heights, and still trying to get to higher heights. I mean, just imagine if she went when, excuse me, she gets twenty three, then twenty four. I mean, his stock just continues to grow, dude. Patrick Maratti right. was like, "Look, tennis is mine. Don't trip." <laughs> like, like, listen. I don't know if you watch the Food Network, but like Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri yeah. just took over the Food Network because he got mm. grocery games and he got the little the little drive. That's gonna be Patrick Maratti with tennis, bro. Yep. He is taking yep. it over. 
And, and you know what? And, I, and I'm not mad at him because he's doing it in a quality fashion. Exactly. You know, he, and uh, and if you haven't, you know, listeners, if you've not seen any video footage of Patrick Murata glue hitting the ball <laughs> on the court, Patrick ain't no joke. He ain't no joke. He can hit. He, yeah. I would get out there with him. He'd be like, no, you know, no, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no. speaking of uh, not ready, uh, yeah. <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about some of this backlash that your strips got. Oh, got. yeah. And who was coached by Sasha? By who, Sasha, yeah. Who got shown the door by Patrick Murata. <laughs> Bye. As did Naomi Osaka. Bye. <laughs> Poor Sasha. Anyway, yeah, Sasha <laughs> coaches Yastrzemska. And poor Yastrzemska. Now, listen, I, first of all, I can't b- barely say her name right. But listen, y'all, I honestly feel like this is one of those instances where you've just got a, got somebody that has their heart in the right place but just didn't have all of the information um, you know, to know that certain things are, you know, you shouldn't really do. So what apparently she did, and, and, and this is what I'm hearing is, she she went online at what well, she basically painted half of her body black. So she did black, and and she of course is is European and or white. So she was trying to show sort of that equality between you know the races and you know just basically showing her support of everything that's been going on, um, you know, around the around the world. Um, but unfortunately, it came across as she was doing blackface. And for those of you who are not in the U.S., blackface is not something you want to play with. It is not what? seen as be- it is it is it is very racial. It is very it's not something that you want to play with. And a lot of people have have gotten a lot of backlash based on on some of the blackface things that they've done in the past. Well, the minute people saw that. They didn't look at the fact that she was trying to just promote equality. They were looking, they looked at the blackface and they were just like, oh, no, no, girl, uh, -uh, that ain't working. So then she started getting backlash on that. And, you know, and and, and I think overall, Bryce, her heart was in the right place. I think she was trying to just make a general statement of we are all equal. Let's, you know, let's let's just be good human beings. But unfortunately, it got a little bit misinterpreted, I feel. Um, so, yeah, that was out there, which was a bit disappointing. But, you know, it's, it, you know, she's young. I mean, I think she's right. just just like 20, if not. she, Yeah, I think she's like 20 years old. So she's young. Right. Um, so she'll it's, be able to get past this. Yeah. She'll, she'll be all right. It's, it's a tough situation, right? I mean, we're, we're in a period right now where people's sensitivities are, are very heightened. Uh, and and I do like the fact that people are calling out things that Absolutely. they don't feel are appropriate. But sometimes you really have to sometimes look at things, and especially when you're dealing with people who are not from the U.S. and they especially. don't always have, you know, the same understanding of certain things. And you look, I've always said, you know, things come down to people's intent. Right. And if you were able to look at what Yastrzemska did and kind of understand like she wasn't trying to do this to be offensive you can give her the feedback so you know she she understands kind of going forward what her how her actions were received right. but you know it, it's, it's a tough environment right there so so props to your strength stuff for trying to be you know a leader in terms of you know, you know addressing racial harmony but you know, it's just a sticky situation. You have to be very careful with what you do and what you say these days. 
That is the truth, my brother. That is and she's young. And she's young. Yeah. She's not some you know forty year old person that, that has that all this know. world experience. Exactly. Like, she, she's probably spent seventy five percent of her life hitting a ball. <laughs> exactly. That's very true. I mean, right? so yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's kind of hard, you know. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what else is going on in the world, Isaac? Tennis. What else? She. Well, you know, and, and this is the one thing, and I don't exactly remember how this came up, Bryce, but I was I was kind of, you know, talking with you about the whole thing around Mirka and Federer, and I think Federer stepped out there and was just, like, showing mad love to, to, to Mirka and was just kind of like, you know, just, I, I yeah, I guess he had done an interview or something like that, but I mean, I just, I just feel like, you know, it was really interesting the fact that, again, for those of you who don't know, Roger Federer's wife, was a former WTA tennis player, and she was good. She was good. Um, she she ended up hooking up with Roger, and she decided that basically. I mean, I'm sorry, I should say hooking up, but you know, what I mean. right. they ended up getting it. <laughs> they got together. That, that was Luke Castle. <laughs> they got together, and you know, and so she was like, "Yo, you know, I am okay with sacrificing my career to help support you." So she left right. the WTA and became his manager. And she was actually a part of his of his team, and she mm-hmm. was his manager for a little while. And then, of course, the babies started coming. They got married, and the babies come, and they had two sets of twins. And then finally, after when the, you know Leo and the other one was born, Leo and Lenny, he she was like, "Ooh, I got four kids. I can't do this manager thing. I got to leave that alone." So she let that go and became full time mom, and just kind of traveling with Roger. And and I mean, it's just the fact that you know she sacrificed so much you know of herself and her career in order to again support you know roger and 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 again i shouldn't say that because they're a team and i think that that's what he was really saying is is you know they did it for the whole but just the fact that you know she put those sacrifices out there man that's 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 when you talk about a ride or die mika's ride or die yeah, Mirka's right. ride or die right there, man. So I just I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure Roger's pretty easy to ride or die for. <laughs> right? I mean when you when you get MWs and everything and that cash is coming in and you got your own shoe deal. I don't know about anybody else got no shoes, but Roger got a shoe. So right. yeah. I think she alright. Yeah. But but you know what, Isaac, you bring up a valid point and, and sometimes I think people don't think about this. You see these players out on court, and you see them play their matches, and it's very important to understand that behind each player is a full team. Full team. I mean, they're not just this individual out there. They have physios, they have agents, they have managers, they have coaches. They, you know, they have people, yes men and no women, and <laughs> you know, they have, you know, and and the, really the, I guess the higher rank the player, like the the larger their entourage usually right. is so it is a whole team that that creates the opportunities and the results that you see this player get on on court right exactly, exactly. And, and 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 so Mirka can say you know I've been a one since day one and <laughs> you know but it, but furthermore I like the fact that Roger and this is not the first time he's done it he acknowledges, yes, you know that. It, you know, for some people, it could be very easy to take for granted. You know, you know, when she's the wife and she takes care of the kids, that's kind of like you know her responsibility in this marriage. And he says all the time, you know, a big reason why I can continue to still play, yeah, is because 
you know, Merca and, and, and the kids, you know, are supportive of the travel and not being home. And, because he said, if they worked, I'd be out. this would yeah. all stop. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there'd be a conversation about that, but, you <laughs> but, know, <laughs> you know, we'd investigate all options, but, <laughs> right? you know, they are truly part of the team. I tell you what, Bryce, and this is kind of going back to one of our earlier topics that, that we, we kind of jumped on with Tommy Haas. If Tommy Haas is looking and playing the way that he looks and plays at 42 and Roger mm-hmm. is 39, about to be 40, Roger just might not call it an end as of next year because Roger to me is in as good if not better shape than Tommy Haas and he 40 Mm -hmm. so if he can maintain that at 42 we already know that Roger because he's so because his technique is so good and is so flawless he 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 can play until you know to me I feel like he'd probably play to his mid 40s because again it's all about having the right technique and the right Right. you know decision making as it relates to how often you want to play where you want to play to me I, I tell you what, seeing Tommy out there has given me kind of a new, uh, uh, I guess, viewpoint, if you will, on how long Roger might just be in this game. Because, again, if he comes out here in 2021 and his knee is right and he show out and he's able to get him a Grand Slam title, another one, I would guarantee you that, Roger's gonna, that Roger will push into 2022. I guarantee you he will. As long as he can compete, I am supportive of him being out there. Right. I, I I don't want to see Roger go on the Venus Williams tour though. Right. Um, you know, right. if he gets to the, <laughs> I mean, if he gets to the point where you know, like he getting stole on in the first and second rounds, and yeah. you know, but, but the, 15, yeah. 15 year olds are taking him out a couple of times. You know, <laughs> I, I'm going to want to go sit it down. Yeah, I don't think Roger will ever <laughs> let that happen. Roger be like, no. And but but I, and I don't mean to be mean, and I probably you know because you know I love me some Queen V. Um, right. The difference in my head for those scenarios mm-hmm. is it's it's about technique, and that's the same thing with Serena. True. I True. I love Venus. I love Venus, but in truth, Serena is the one that got blessed with the 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 you know the the right like technique and the right strong right. production. I feel like Venus has always sort of been that very awkward, very just kind of, you know, she quick, she fast, she's athletic. And I think that she's forced that athleticism into championship tennis. Whereas technique-wise, yeah, I just I just don't know that I would ever look, except I think Venus's backhand to me was the only stroke in my, in her volleys, of course, to me were the, right. the strokes that to me were just, they were clean, they were consistent, they were just beautiful, beautiful strokes. Her forehand has always had issues, her serve has always had issues. And I just feel like you have, you know, you have to have a complete game all around in order to be able to really be able to contend up into your 40s. And that's why we're seeing your Rogers and your Serenas being able to compete as they reach, you know, the age of 40 is because their technique is flawless. It's everything about their games are flawless. To me, honestly, with the two of them, it's all about their mental. It's literally about their mental. It has nothing to do with, like, their technique. They are incredible te- uh, tacticianers. It's just, well, not, not tacticianers. You know what I'm saying. They, their strokes are beautiful, but it all comes down, to, in my head, to the mental. Right. Well, and remember, like we, we believe, Venus was the prototype. Yes. Yeah. So I think a lot of things in Serena's game were fixing things out of Venus's game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
And and then I do think the oh, sorry, Serena has a different level of competitiveness than Venus does. Yes. Be, and that and that that's not to say that Venus is not a great competitor and she doesn't fight for every point. Right. But I just get this feeling that she gets over losses a little easier than Serena does. And so Serena will do everything she can not to feel a loss. Well, right? Serena's diva. She diva. And that's the <laughs> Divas don't want to lose to nobody. Diva is right. like, look, you ain't going to show me up. Yeah, I don't right. care who you are. You ain't going to show me up. And honestly, that's what I would put, you know, watching that The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. That's Michael right. Jordan. Michael Jordan yeah, was diva. Yeah. He was diva yeah. because he was like, yo, you are not going to disrespect me, even if it wasn't meant for it as a disrespect. He was just yeah. like, and he would draw fire from that. So if you mm-hmm. lose, if they feel like they've been disrespected, they're like, uh-uh. And that's how Serena is. And that's her thing about being a diva is you're not going to show right. me up. You ain't going to show me up. And to me, that's where that, that fire comes mm-hmm. from with her. And I love it, of course. You know I love it. (laughs) Right. And and, and like we've said before, I think because of that, Serena has been more willing to come up with, you know, game plan B, game plan C, because the ultimate goal for her is winning. Venus, for for a large part of her career, has always been she wants to win the way she plays. The way she plays. And and if she doesn't win, then she'll have another opportunity to do this. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, you know, um, I don't yeah. know. They're, they're I know both I'm with you. Great, but it's easy to nitpick, right, between exactly. two of the greatest players that have ever played uh, the game on the women's side. So it, Exactly. And, bro, one of the things talking about, mm-hmm. of course, Roger, Venus, Serena, all fantastic, great Wimbledon champions, I wanted to integrate the topic of Wimbledon into our discussion because, y'all, Wimbledon is, is showing out and in a very – very good way. Wimbledon was like, okay, we know we ain't gonna be ha- we won't have the tournament in 2020. We ended up getting our pandemic insurance, so we got us a little bit of money based on the fact that we couldn't hold it in 2020. So you know what? Out of the goodness of our hearts, we're gonna take this 12 million dollars, which was basically the prize fund, and we're gonna spread it across the ATP and the WTA players. I want y'all to go on and tell me how awesome is that? To me, Wimbledon is just like, yo. We are the standard, and we are going to show y'all how to be a good establishment, to be good people, and to be good human. I just felt like, man, it it just gave me chills when I read that, because I was like, good on you, Wimbledon. They're not even holding it there. They could have been greedy and been like, nope, we're going to keep this, and we're going to do all this stuff on the the lawn, and we're going to blah, blah, blah. And they could have really been selfish about it, and they chose not to, and they understood that players are struggling. Certain players are struggling, and we're going to spread that money out and try and help the, the folks that really truly make this tournament what it is, and that's the players. Bryce, go on and speak on it, man. I just, yeah. Well, I've seen a couple of the players come out and make comments thanking Wimbledon for that and, and, and acknowledging what a great gesture that was. But just to sprinkle a little salt on it, <laughs> I've heard that this situation might not happen again because the people that, you know, Wimbledon used to pay $2 million a year for pandemic insurance. Mm-hmm. But now that we've had a pandemic, I can't remember what they said. They even said that insurance is either no longer available <laughs> or it's like some ridiculous amount now. of yeah. money, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I don't know that they will have the same opportunity to do this again. So I'm glad that they nailed it, you know, this time around. Right. Uh, 
But yeah, those insurance companies are like, mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not getting that on this again. Because I think, yeah, right? Because I think, what, they paid in 17 and they're getting back 41? Is that right? Because they played well, 2 million per year. For, for for 17 years. For 17 years, okay. So it was, so it was $34 million they had put in, uh-huh. and they ended up getting paid out, of, I think it was like 141 or oh, something 141. like that. 141, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, they definitely got over in that sense. But right. I, yeah, it, so yeah, I guess I could understand the insurance companies like... <laughs> No, you are right. not gonna get us again. You got us once. You're right, get us again. Right. I get that. <laughs> well, hey, Isaac, we are getting close to the end of our hour here yeah. on on IG, and you know, and we've seen everybody coming in and saying, "Hey, we waved at Katrina Adams. I don't know if she's still out there, but she came in and sat in hey. with us for a second. So, All right. hey, hey, Miss Adams. But hey, what now. we wanted to talk about just real quickly before we run out of time is we are working with a new app called Locker Room, and it is not out for the general public yet. It's in beta, um, but we are one of the the teams working with them, and we are discussing tennis and having tennis discussions out there and engaging with fans, and it's a really, really cool application. Like I said, you can't currently just go to the app store and get it, but we are doing a show weekly on locker room at I think it's five o'clock Pacific time on Wednesday. Correct. If you are interested in participating in that show and logging in and dialoguing with us, we're gonna kinda make it an after show type deal of the recorded podcast we do each week. Send us a direct message in Instagram, send us a message uh, an email to our website through Facebook. And we will send you a link where we'll give you access to the beta version of the app where you can log in and join us. So uh, we'd love to have you there. We had a great crowd actually last week um, that was there. So once again, that's 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. And direct message us and we will send you a link to join us. Isaac, any thoughts about Locker Room and that opportunity? Yeah, man, it's a great opportunity, and uh, it gives us a lot of uh, uh, possibilities to um, to not only talk about you know our show and do an after show, if you will. Um, we're going to look at it for other applications as well as it relates to Brothers on Tennis. Uh, you might see us out there doing some live commentary. I mean, there's all kinds of wonderful things that uh, that we are looking at in regards to this partnership. So, Bryce, you know, very very excited about this. Right. So. Once again, DM us if you are interested in participating. Also, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Isaac and potentially next month we are having our merchandise. That will be available online. You want to talk about that for a quick second? Yeah, once again, folks, we are about to open up our online store. It will be available off of our website, www.brothersontennis.com. That is B-R-U-T-H-A-S on tennis.com. And folks, the merch is going to be there. We are very, very excited about this. And again, the month of August, it will be pre-sale. So basically, you'll be able to get 15% off on the merch. We got hats out there. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got sweatshirts. We got your um, uh, your dry fit. So, And that's the one because we, right. we want you wearing 
So we want you on the courts wearing that Brothers on Tennis out, uh, gear. So, yo, folks, it's going to be out there and, and just be ready for it. So get your purse, get your coins, get every, get, get what you need. And we want you to, uh, to, to get out there and get you some Brothers on Tennis gear because I'm trying to tell you, it makes a statement, Bryce. Don't it make a statement? It makes a statement. I, I had mine on yesterday when I was playing on the court. So, yes, uh, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> and then... Of course, with all this new stuff we're doing with Locker Room, with the online uh, merchandise, we are still delivering to you our podcast. So this segment here that we recorded on Instagram Live will be posted this week as a, a podcast, and you can still catch us on all those sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, with you know SoundCloud, whatever you listen to. But remember, we are now adding this after show on Wednesdays, 5 o'clock, in locker room, so let us know if you want to participate in that. So, with that, we want to tell everyone, please continue to stay safe. Uh, please continue to watch so much of this great tennis that we have on TV during the corona period, and we're going to keep our fingers crossed that the U.S. Open on July the 31st is given the final blessing to proceed. So, with that, this has been your boy Bryce. This is your boy Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone have a great one. Take care.